welcome to this week's episode of Existential Crisis with Hugh and Sam. <laughs> the returning feature. <laughs> no, welcome to Please Watch This, a movie podcast where two film movie mates with existential problems <laughs> <laughs> exercise their demons while watching Coco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you die not just once, but twice, it would seem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a film podcast where two mates get together recommend films one each other and see us better taste and um yeah fall down existential black holes essentially i like that's, this loose new format the, uh, this is the first time i know loosey goosey isn't it? I'm, like, I'm like han solo <laughs> you're like the way alonzo I? harris <laughs> denzel washington's yeah, character in yeah. a film we're going to talk about in a couple yeah, minutes yeah i just thought after last week at enola our uh, existential crises <laughs> that we've seemed to be bringing up on this podcast i thought i'd go with go with something different do so yeah, how do you like um the new format of uh, please have an existential existential crisis. It's uh, it's like uh, taking your trousers off, isn't it? And like wearing pajama bottoms. It's uh, comfortable. Lovely. Balls out. Balls out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Sam. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Um, a couple of uh, things. Uh, I, I've been reading slash listening to Alan Partridge at, in the Oast House. Alan Partridge from the Oast House, from the Oast House, excuse me, uh, which is a wonderful new Oast House. house. Yeah, it's like his country house um, and it's brilliant. You know, his first two books are two of the funniest books I've ever read. This is a sort of podcast, but it's on Audible. So, Steve Coogan, yeah. he's like a computer game franchise. He just won't leave it alone. <laughs> it's I don't know any fictional characters that have so many different just things, you know, and like it's like he's a real person. And we're seeing his career through different. So yeah, listener, honestly, get a free Audible uh, thing. Get you know, sign up, cancel. I would it. like them to make another series of Alan Partridge. I just to see like Steve Coogan playing Alan Partridge at the age he was actually meant to be playing Alan Partridge at. Well, he you sort know, of aged with the character. Forms, they've really kept a continuity to it. You know, he's like it's like a twenty-five-year-old character now, so they've aged him that much. Yeah. So he's, he's about I don't know what he's he's like about ten years older than Steve Coogan. Lynn's about yeah. 70 <laughs> and it's just got some great moments so yeah listen that's what I've been up to that and um, self-isolating you might you won't really notice any symptoms other than my cough is a little bit more muttly uh, than normal lovely mm. well if we have, if we get into any wacky races I'll be sure to uh, <laughs> consult you um, how about yeah, yourself you uh, uh, yeah. uh, it's been about a week and a half since we last recorded actually um, yeah it's not too not too long nothing strange or exciting with me um Although I was interested to see that it's not been confirmed yet, has it? But apparently, it looks like um, well, Tommy Hitch. Yeah, Tom Hardy's going to be the new James Bond. Which, as a James Bond fan, um, shout out to Liam Waters, James, <laughs> who likes Bond as well. Um, I mean, he's very, he seems quite similar in a way to Daniel Craig. He might have a bit more levity. I don't think he's. Well, I say I don't think he's... He can be as intense as Daniel Craig, can't he? He's less potatoey, though. He, well, he was Bane. He's still a bit potatoey, yeah. But he's, he's, he's got a sort of a smoother side to it. Have you seen, have you seen that clip of him from um, Big Breakfast? They were doing, like, yes, uh, the next model the... thing. It's just, like, some twink. <laughs> some, like, 19-year-old twink. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah, think he'd then go on that, to be yeah. Bronson and Bane. And, and... But, you know, he, no. yeah, he's, he can be a bit more sophisticated than Bane, I think. Things like Inception. 
that sort of thing. True, true. That's that's kind of what I was thinking, like sort of inception-y. Yeah. But um, I don't think it's radical casting. No, it's the most sense. obvious choice, which isn't a it's bad thing. Quite, it's quite safe, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Twitter came oh. out, Twitter, Twitter was incredibly woke this week with the news because a lot of people were saying, oh, these are my top three, top four. Every, like, I'm not saying that Bond has to be a white man, but what I am saying is that you don't have to have three of your top four picks be a person of colour. Right. It doesn't have to be Riz Ahmed, that guy from Tenet who was, uh, like, barely named as a character. Like, you don't have to just choose, the like, the smoothest person of colour that you can. Like, you're allowed to have a smooth white guy. I don't know where... I t I, you, you, know, you, you know me, I'm, I'm not wrong in the head, but... Uh, it's very I think Twitter. When it comes to like these, you almost call them like legacy characters. I think you've they are from a different era where it was, you know, sad to say to a point, but it, it was just white men, you know, who beat up their wives, yeah. dominated sort of thing, you know. And he's a character yeah, with a background. He he is a white character. But if, but you he know, is. like Idris Elba, if he was Bond, you'd be like, yeah, that's a great casting because he's smooth and hard. Maybe when he was slightly younger, he's like, he's a great character because he can play that role. But yeah, Riz Ahmed, a good Bond. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. I mean, he's a bit thin, isn't he? That's, yeah. <laughs> but I think the problem with these characters is they have like a history. Yeah. Therefore, it's hard to it's hard to divorce James Bond from his kind of upper middle class background well to know, do private school posh, yeah. yeah like it, yeah and uh, anyway that's, that's <laughs> my issue with it I think the, I, mean, I think the real issue is instead of trying to shoehorn like all these people saying oh well James Bond should be a black man or an Asian man or whatever or Chinese or something why don't you write quality <laughs> roles for people of those ethnicities? Yeah. Why don't you have like a spy film where the main character is Riz Ahmed? <laughs> not, not, not the actor, but you know, you know make an Name's age, Ahmed. Like an, Riz Ahmed. But like a, an Anglo, an Anglo English or an Anglo Asian like spy. I'd watch that. That'd be yeah. good because yeah, it'd yeah. be more so be more relevant, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. One thing I will criticise James Bond for, for over the last, say, 20 years is it has gone, hasn't even contemplated, even, it hasn't touched the sides of like all the um, war on terror or anything like that. <laughs> it just was not interested <laughs> at all. You know, in the, during the Cold War, it had a few Russian mm -hmm. episodes, mm. but nah, it wasn't touching domestic global terrorism. Are they looking <laughs> for longevity and also not to? piss people off so we'll go well we'll yeah, just have a generic Eastern uh, European I think prize the, blood. the lack of yeah I think they just don't want to die <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you, know. you know but it's surprising that there hasn't been one Bond film in the last like 20 years where the main bad guy was like an Asian terrorist you know? <laughs> just something vaguely it. Middle Eastern yeah Oscar would Isaac would play them or something <laughs> yeah. oh, Rami, well, Rami Malik. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose Rami Malik. He's what well, he's Egyptian, uh, of Egyptian, descent, yeah. Yeah. which is close enough for um, some people. Uh, yeah. So next week on what boomers say. Um... <laughs> yeah, existential boomer crisis. <laughs> um, right. Well, I'm not. I'm going to try terribly to segue into segue film, some, which doesn't, oh, yeah, to it. which doesn't really have much relevance to what we've been talking about, but. Um, it does have uh, a, it's a very good film it's called Training Day from Training Day you might have heard of it 
Yeah, it's directed by Antoine Fuqua, written by David Ayer, um, composed by Mark Mancina, cinematographer Maro Ferrori. It's got Denzel Washington in, Ethan Hawke. It's got uh, cameos from Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Macy Gray. Gray. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching it going, who's that? And I was like, oh, it's Macy Gray. It's Macy yeah. Gray. It's uh, even Mendes is in it. Mm. Um, Oliver. Yeah, Oliver, yeah. Terry Crews has even got a little yeah. cameo. Yeah, I think it's his first film was, role I've heard him talk about. I think it was this. Yeah, apparently so, yeah. Um, so, Sam, would you like a quick synopsis? Give us quick, it. Give us a one-minute synopsis. Brief, a one-minute synopsis. I don't know if I can do a minute, but I'll try my best. Long story short, Ethan Hawke, he's a police officer. He wants to become um, a narcotics police officer. He's going out on his first day of training with... Um, Denzel's Washington streetwise character uh, Alonzo and basically it's about the day that the two of them have and the these problems and the people and the issues and all the violence and gun crime and drugs that they come across in LA in uh, a day with in training day yeah. <laughs> a day of training um, yeah I think yeah, that's, I mean, that sums it I there's mean, more he, to it than that yeah Alonzo's crooked uh, but he's Streetwise and uh, Ethan Hawke's yeah. uh, green and yeah, a boy scout. but principled, isn't he? Yeah. They, they make an odd couple, but uh, <laughs> there's more to it. It gets, it, the plot does, it's not just them going from one incident to the next with no through line. There is, there does develop a, a further plot that revolves all around Alonzo and some Russians in Las Vegas and... Ultimately, that's tied into the denouement of the film. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, as uh, always, we are right full now. of spoilers, listener. Yeah, and ultimately, it turns out that um, Ethan Hawke's character was essentially set up by Alonzo for this day to bring him along to uh, to use him as a fall guy so he could basically steal a million pounds from a drug... Uh, sorry, well, for, well, he, he gets four million or five million. They steal, like... Two million of it, or something. I think they steal a million between four or five. Yeah. So where does Alonso get the rest of the money from? I don't quite get that. How much does he owe planning... them? He owes them a million. Uh, I think right. he takes the evidence. I think that's the idea: is that he t- they uh, split up a million between them, and then and then uh, maybe he takes Alonso's... another cut off the top. Yeah, he's going to take another million to give to the Russians, and then he's going to give the rest in his evidence because you know what's the difference between three million and five million when yeah. it comes to drug dealing but uh, ultimately what happens is Ethan Hawke finds out that this is that Alonzo has tried to screw him over he goes and confronts him he manages to win the battle of wits between the two of them and they have a good old punch up and fist fight and the Russians come along and uh, jump Alonzo at a red light under a flyover and uh, murder him dead what a day what a day so yeah if you haven't seen it listener Apologies for that. Um, forget you heard that, and then go watch it. It's on Netflix in the UK. We are gonna. I think we're, yeah. we've done this a few times. We're gonna try and stick to Netflix. I think probably for a little while, uh, and streamable things. But you know, Christ knows what we're gonna do two weeks from now. So I can't promise that anymore. <laughs> so Hugh, yeah. um, you know, a couple of questions really. Firstly, obviously, uh, you know, what's your history of this film? Did you watch it at a similar sort of time? And secondly, um. What do I like about it? Yeah, what do you like about it? What do you look for in these kind of films? And, and why does it meet those criteria? Yeah, good questions. Um, I don't know when I saw it first. I didn't see it. I don't think I saw it when it came out, because it came out in 2001. So about 13. Been, yeah, 13, 14 sort of age. So I wouldn't have been 
on it straight away. I think I just saw. I think a friend of mine had it on DVD. Um, and it is precisely it's precisely the sort of film to watch in the early two thousands when you were fourteen, fifteen, with friends who were a couple of years older, and you start quoting it. And calling everyone my <laughs> N-word with an H on the end. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see you watching it with, uh, this won't mean anything to the listeners, but with, say, Martin. Uh, you know, <laughs> slightly older friend who's into this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did, but um, I, don't, I think he would have seen it before I saw it sort of thing. I was probably about 16 when I saw it. So maybe 2004, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was one of those first few films that you watch kind of as you're getting older of like you're not just watching it because it's an action film or a comedy. You're watching it because you hear there's something good about it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm watching this because I hear Denzel Washington was good in it. Right. And um, yeah, I think that's the, and that's what I like the most about it. Denzel Washington is just an absolute beast in this film, isn't he? He actually <laughs> won the Academy Award for Best Best actor this in two thousand two for this film. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, so, what, he, so he was obviously before. famous by then. He'd been in Malcolm X. And, yeah, he'd been um, in Malcolm X. He was in uh, Philadelphia. Of course, he was, he was in yeah. the Hurricane. Um, he's he was in all sorts. Uh, yeah, so he was a big big bankable point. star by this point. Yeah, he was, but he had only the Oscar. The first Oscar that he won was. Um, it was supporting role in the film Glory, which is about right. a band of, I think, American Civil War, um, like a squadron of Afro- African-Americans in a Civil War unit during right. the Civil War. He's I've the, not seen Glory. I might have I've missed this last week. He's, a, he's an actor that I really need to fill in the filmography of him. I've, only, I've probably only seen three or four Denzel films now. Similar... Al Pacino, there's a lot of the big films, you know, so there's a lot of, um, lot of, lot of big actors I want to work through in our podcast. So what is it, yeah, what is it well, about his performance can, that does it for you? We can watch Malcolm X at some point. Sure. He's in Remember the Titans, I've never seen that either. Uh, the Bone Collector, uh, I think The Bone Collector is probably the first film I saw him in. Well, honest. he's about 65, he's... so we won't go through his entire filmography, but yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's one to watch. <laughs> yeah, he's about 65. It's unbelievable. I, I um, saw it the other day when I was uh, finding out more about his son, and I thought, fucking hell, he's 65. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, so tell great, me, what, what is it that's so good about his performance? He's, he's just, his character's just larger than life, isn't he? He's just completely over the top completely, you know, he's like you said, he's streetwise, he, he's confident. He's, Hang on, does that mean he's he, 45 or so in this film? Yeah. That's mental. Yeah, well... Forty-five, forty-six, nineteen 19 years ago. Um, yeah. I can see why Chris Rock had that bit... 54, yeah, so he'd have been... Uh, well, 50... Hang on. Born in 1954? Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. 64, 74. Yeah, so late 40s. <laughs> Mid to late 40s. I can see why Chris Rock had that bit where he's like, yeah. you know, I, people don't look at me and, and, and they're not attracted to me, but Denzel's one of those celebrities women look at and go... I'm a fuck him. <laughs> this is him at fifth. These like late forties. Jesus. Yeah, he'd have been forty-seven, I think. Crikey. That, if my maths is right, um, Checks which it really is. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's this basically. He's just he's just charisma, isn't he? In this film, he's just a force of nature. You you know you can tell that he's he's got the character's got a way about him. He has a, a certain you know, magnetism, you know, he's, he's, he, he walks with his swagger, you know, that kind of a way. And he gets some of the best lines in the film as well, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, and, um, 
Yeah, I really just like just the. I think he's helped by a good script here. I think the script's really good. Um, it, I was saying to, I was talking to a f- somebody about this film the other day and saying basically it was kind of cliched by the time it had come out because it set up the cl- some of the cliches. You know, right. some of the things that happen in this they feel like like I said they feel like a cliche now. You know, twenty years later, and it's like, probably oh, why a lot of a lot of David Ayer's work in the last few years hasn't worked as well as it so Suicide Squad he wrote and directed Bright mm. he directed but didn't write uh, I don't know why people don't like that film I watched it and I just I didn't think it was amazing but I didn't think it was terrible either. it had a lot of a, a potential and then it just got into a lot of bullshit in dark corridors I think it was I tell you what there's a, I'll put a link on social media there's a great takedown of why it didn't quite work but that, yeah I mean because Suicide Squad is shit but it's there's so many things in there that are possibly salvageable um like you say maybe it's uh, well i've i've always said with suicide squad is there's a good cut of that film out there somewhere yeah 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 but the one we got wasn't a good cut of that <laughs> <film>. <laughs> you know i think one of these where i think there's a lot of studio interference quite frankly yeah and i think as much as people hate it I do also think there's a good version of Jared Leto as the Joker in that. (laughs) For me, it's completely just, I'd chuck it in the bin and start again. Yeah, Yeah. start again. Well, they are. We'll start with the costume again. They've done like, they're doing a soft reboot, aren't they? But yeah, yeah, so I think it's just, it's his film, isn't it? It's just his film from beginning to end. He's, he is this mentor slash danger slash, you know, king of the jungle sort of character. Um, He's a, he's a wolf. It, yeah, um, I must. Have, I said it felt. I've written in my notes. It felt edgy. You know, it felt real. Here's some. Here's some real life for you. You know that kind of a way. And I was surprised that it still felt that way. You know, 19 years later, I was. I thought it might have aged badly, but it didn't age too badly. Um, it's got a good twist, I suppose, if you say that. You know, it turns out that he was set up all along. Mm. Uh, Ethan Hawke's character I've put here Ethan Hawke isn't terrible <laughs> which sometimes is the best you can say about he's Ethan he's the Hawke. Neo character isn't he he's, there's a lot of reacting to do yeah yeah he's not he's not a bad actor I just think he's not great but I've, I've put here his journey feels Dissian you know it's got it's got the touch of the Odyssey about it hasn't right, it right right you know he sets off from home and then he comes across all these different problems that he has to Scuba overcome yeah. yeah a new monster on every these, corner yeah all these dangerous places you know going you know when they go into the um, these hoods and he's like yo you never come in here on your own and then he does go in there and it's like mm. you know it's like a hero going into a cave or something to, <laughs> to, to find the, an artifact or a MacGuffin isn't it it's that kind of way um, I like the tension in the film the, te- the film just feels tense you know, from the minute he's, you know, as soon as he pulls that gun on him, when he wants him to smoke the weed, and um, he's like, nobody made you do it, you know, you know <laughs> like I put a gun to your head, you know, you just feel like there's danger for this guy, <laughs> and that's, yeah, and I, I like the fact that they juxtapose it as well at the beginning, that he's, you know, he's there with his wife and his kid, and they're these two clean-cut, all-American kind of looking people, you know. Yeah, baby, in, ar- baby like, in arms. Uh, yeah, yeah. Beautiful wife. Uh, yeah, and it's like, this guy could die. <laughs> you know, this guy, <laughs> this guy is f- fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so, and I've already said it, but it's just, it's got great quotes, you know, there's some very quotable film. I think we'll get, we'll get into it later, but we'll just have fun with them later, I imagine. Just yeah. Some of the are there, are there things, um, things you think I wouldn't like about it? Any, any doubts in your mind that I'd like this film? Well, I was surprised that you hadn't seen it, so I think there might have been a reason you hadn't seen it. Now, I think you might have thought that this film kind of wasn't the film that you were thinking it would be. Perhaps it was like... The Fast and the Furious or something like that, maybe? Which he also or, wrote, I believe. Yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah. that was... And I think they came out the same year, didn't they? These songs. Yeah, that's about Fast right. Fast and the Furious, the, was it the year later? I think, I think Fast Within and the Furious... Within a year. Within a year. Might have been a year later, yeah. Um, I'm going to check now because that's going to annoy me. I was going to say, that everyone knows you're checking. <laughs> like, you're just going, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but within a year. Yeah, well, I just yeah, stole yeah. for time and I failed. Just give me 80 seconds of just saying, yeah, probably yeah. within a year or... Um, so I think maybe... So we'll get into it when we get on to your... You know, into what, what you think of it, but... Um, yeah, I was surprised you. I was surprised you hadn't seen it, and I was curious. I'm curious to find out why you hadn't seen it because a lot of people. I think, to me, I think you looked at this film and went, "Oh, by looking at the people who like it, by looking at the cover of the DVD or whatever, you just went, that's not a film for me. It's about gangsters in LA, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not about that life. <laughs> the thug life didn't choose me. So there are, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll get it. into it in the uh, into the bit. Yeah. You might have thought it was a little over the top. I mean, who has a day like that? <laughs> that Very does, different to I, clerks. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you might have got a bit distracted by the by the cameos, like those, you know, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. They do kind of stick in your claw a bit. And there is a Snoop song it's, at the start, isn't there? What's that song? Well, it's hard to sing it because it's not words. Plong, 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 Diddle, diddle, do. That's Snoop Dogg, isn't it? I thought that was Dr. Dre. But he's in it as well. Yeah. I did think, see the Snoopy Dogg or Dre, Dre. Well, it's one of those where it begs the question of, do these acts exist in the universe in which they're in? It's a whole big thing, though. Yeah, but I, I don't think they did a bad job. The two boys, the two boys in the hood, did the same thing, and I gave that a decent rating. So we'll see. We'll see how this one turns yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to be honest, I think you'll find it hard to dislike it. I think you might say, to me, I was looking back over it. There's no real message in this film, if that makes sense. There's there's some vague stuff about natures of justice, but you know, it's not like. Aristotle debating the theories of justice, you know, about who deserves to play the pipe or whatever. It's, it's just, um, yeah, it, 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 there's no, there maybe no real for such a heavyweight film. It feels a bit light on its message, right? And everyone's kind of a bit two-dimensional in that respect like Alonso doesn't suddenly go oh do you know what I've seen the error of my <laughs> gangster ways you know I'm going back to the academy to retrain yeah I'm going to become a desk jockey or whatever they call yeah. them you know I'm going to go work in archive <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so there's none of that but um, I think on balance this to me is like a solid I think this is a solid 7 out of 10 for you at the minute now I could be wrong you could turn out and be like yeah I wish I watched this film when I was younger but you know what, Sam? We're going to have a break. It's chef and we'll find out. out. Yeah. So, yeah. Join us after the break. Hello and welcome 
welcome back to Please Watch This. So, as always, we're now going to find out what Sam the Man thinks of um, Training well, Day. Sam, befo before you get my views on Training Day, a little bit of interaction from one of our biggest fans, if not the by far biggest fan, my brother. He had a suggestion instead of Sam's jams. <laughs> Sam, is this a jam or a slam? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me. Yes, is this a jam or a slam? Now I'm not sure which one's the good one. I'm still not sure they. It still sounds like you're talking because a slam music. can be good, can't it? Like a slam dunk. Yeah. So yeah, we tried it, Joe. And then a jam can be. What's, what's a jam though? Like yeah, that's oh, my jam. No, not, I don't like marmalade. my jam. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe yeah, ham or um, spam. Ham is the real one. The spam is the <laughs> knockoff. Uh, so is this a ha is this a ham spam or a hams? A <laughs> Sam's a hams a Sam spam or a Sam? Welcome Sam to the new feature. I, 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 Poetry. I, men stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll I'll start with a reference to Peep Show uh, as he's off on my way. And what I really like is Ethan Hawke and Denzel. It's like. Um, the first scene where you see Mark Corrigan with Alan Johnson in Peep Show and Alan's been so rude to him and, and Mark says, I do sort of like it when he's rude to me. Hopefully that's more of a psychological defect than a weird sexual thing. And that's totally the thing. Like you, you, like you said, his performance is unbelievable because you're like, God, this guy's such a dickhead, but I, you know, I'm so drawn in. I'm so, he's so energetic, so magnetic and so charismatic. And it, he gives, he really gives the film that, that energy that it has because you just like anything can happen at any moment um, and I do love the fact that it's one day you know like, like as you referred to because it mm. just gives everything that little extra sense of tension and urgency it's uh, it's the reason why long shots work really well in films and uh, you know those films that are basically one shot because you a cut is 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 um, a release of tension isn't it so doing it over the course of one night it, it's a really great idea add to that loads of I do like films. I do personally like films that are like almost set within like the runtime of the film. I've always liked that premise of him. I, I always we were speaking of James Bond earlier. Although it probably go like against the James Bond ethos, I would really love them to do like a two-hour James Bond film where it's just sat or sat. He's just sat there going, oh, I'm James Bond. It's three in the morning. Is asleep. Is my vodka martini? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love them to make a Bond film where he's it's just set in like one location or one city or something and he's you know, he's having to run around to try and save the It would game. be totally not Bond though, would it? It would it wouldn't meet so many of the normal uh, expectations. I think it would have to be set in like I think it would have to be set sort of in I don't know, maybe in like Jamaica or something, so he could start out in like the countryside or on the beach and then it can work his way into like Kingston town or something like that. Um yeah, and I think you'd have to have like M and Q fly out to him or something. <laughs> and have his little, have his little, you know, like a debrief whilst he's there. And it's like Bond. We've only got an hour and a half. You better get going. You know that kind well, of. Well, I thing. think you need to seduce this woman. You've, you've written Riz Ahmed's next film. That's that's great. <laughs> we've got the script. We've got the star. Let's do it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I it would that, be great. So. I'd watch it. Uh, I'd watch it. Maybe work with a proper screenwriter but yeah get that get that work to get a treatment done um, yeah because I've only got like three lines <laughs> <so far. laughs> that's you know more than some films have I really one thing I like from the, from, a, from a sort of screenwriting perspective uh, one great thing about this film is that you've got this this you know this 
crazy world that you have to induct somebody you've got to induct the audience into so they've taken a classical route of having a wide-eyed innocent being taken through it like i said he's the neo character neo has been explained almost to the camera what how it works so that where so we has know it got, how it works has it got that quality of you know ethan hawke's not going to go yes exactly I I yeah if it was just two <laughs> alonzo's you'd be like why are they introducing each other to this world they know they know how it goes and then obviously you've got his allies alonzo's allies who, who understand the world as well um and i really like that because yeah that's it's just a really effective tool to get your audience to understand the world i love how one of the other coppers like looks like a guy from the <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd say that's a very good point they're all like distinct. I love how they're all like distinct flavors and personalities. Like you've got the, you've got the, you've got the the, the man who committed to denim in Doctor Dre. Yeah, you've got you've Zed got the Miami from Pulp Vice sort of lounge lizard. Yeah. yeah, you've got what's the guy who gets shot? Called? Yeah, that's Zed. Oh, he's like he a sort of like? he a scumbag. He's got a very specific. <laughs> yeah, looks like he just woke up twenty minutes ago. Sort of look to him. And yeah, I think what's um, great about it, and, the, it? and as well with the with those cop characters, is I really like the moral ambiguity and grey areas. You know, you're a few good men's of this world, um, to to use a footballing punditry cliche, where you understand that it's not as simple as you get all this training and then you go out and you are serving your community and all that you know training uh, academy stuff. But you, so you know that as as Alonzo says, you know, unlearn that bullshit they teach you at the academy, that shit will get you killed out here, and to protect the sheep you've got to catch the wolf, and it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. So you totally... You understand that Alonzo's not completely on the level, and he's um, sort of a bad guy, but you also understand that actually to do the job he does, you probably do have to be a bit like that. You know, you do have to make friends with 17-year-old murdering <laughs> drug dealers in order to find out about the big catch. He's almost like... I always I felt like he's sort of the I don't know he's like a um, what's it like he's like a wild west town sheriff rather than you know a police yeah. detective in a narcotics department you know that exactly kind of yeah like I think it's interesting at no point do you ever see them back at the station yeah the, they're always in the office bit of the field all day yeah and that's what, like, oh, that's what's that. great about and it as as you know about me my favorite TV show is The Wire and that does. Yeah. moral ambiguity and uh, the difficult the intractable pro- intractable problems of the street better than anything and, yeah. <laughs> and I know that you haven't seen it but I know that you probably know that about it you know there's occasionally a character will try to come up with a really simple solution to the drug problem or you know the poverty problem and you find out it's not as simple as that and the whole show is really about the whole show is really about trying to yeah. trying to understand that it's not as simple as that. And, and any other any other show would have ended with, oh, we've solved the drug problem in Baltimore. Uh, but this one d- doesn't necessarily <laughs> end like that. Yeah. And, and even when somebody yeah. does have a good solution in Series 4, it's politically not a good idea because or Series 3 because people don't like it uh, because it sounds bad. You know, so there's these really difficult problems that are very difficult to, to solve. And, and you, like I say, you sort of bought along the... You sort of buy into Alonso's way of doing things until you realise actually he's crooked as well. Yeah. Did um, so. Yeah. How come you hadn't seen this film? I really don't know. I mean, I, I think probably I did have a bit of a, a bit of an aversion of like, oh, this is just probably macho bullshit that's not that good. But I probably only thought that for a little bit, and then after that, it was just uh, it really is in a realm of films that I do, that I've never seen. 
because it's so close to being like a lot of really mediocre films from the cover and the way that it's sold to you. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, for a lot of years now, just have not watched films that I think are going to be mediocre. I've got such an alert. Have you seen Romeo Must Die? Is that Jet Li? Yeah. I might have. I've probably seen two or three Jet, Jet Li films. I know one of them was the one. I think I've seen Hero. You, you know, I yeah, don't think yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we. Yeah, so like that's like a, a sort of a crime thriller. Do you know what I mean? It's with a bit of action, like a lot of action in it. It's a good film, but I could see how if if it wasn't maybe for Denzel Washington and maybe a decent script, that how this film could be just like something any like any that. other crime it, thing. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah. and you, and you're right. I think the one criticism I would make is that it does become a bit generic towards the end where it becomes Alonzo's the bad guy so we've got to take him out and Jake's the good guy so you've got to kill Alonzo like you said it's not it doesn't have a message as such where he's trying to understand where this corruption comes from it just ends up being Alonzo's a charismatic guy who's actually bad so we should end him I suppose they allude to it don't they that the fact that they're not Alonzo's not the only corrupt sort of police officer in yeah. the city that there's actually OGs above him who are even more yeah. corrupt and you know it, there's an inference that they're basically selecting some of the drug dealers that they will allow to operate sort of yeah and I, and I do like and that I do like that they kind of called time on Roger but it's and it, I don't want it to be a three hour film where for the final hour Jake goes and tries to end corruption in the police force but it, it again it's not like it's trying to deal with it like it's this intractable problem that blah 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 it's just these are bad mm. these are rotten apples uh, you know this is all very current with yeah. what's with what's been going on in America in particular um and it's yeah. yeah, it just it just sort of ruins I, it. That I suppose you could say from like the outset, you you just know there's something wrong with Alonso, and then it's like, oh yeah, there was yeah, and <laughs> it was a, he was a walking red fucking flag. <laughs> it was really obvious from the time he pulled that gun on you to make you smoke from that pipe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that would be your only criticism is that essentially it became a bit. By the numbers, at yeah, the end. a bit good guy, bad guy, etc. I mean, I still, I was still, thr- still thrilled by the end, and I enjoyed the the final scenes and King Kong ain't got shit on me and that sort of stuff. But yeah, if if I was to yeah. sort of make a criticism, it would be that they don't try to deal with that. And I mean, you know, things like Place Beyond the Pines dealt with that a little bit, where um, Bradley Cooper's character he's having problems, but he can't turn to anybody because all his superiors seem to have that mentality that again, the, the troubles in America seem to have highlighted of. Sticking for sticking up for each other uh, at the expense of the reputation of the entire force because it's you know nobody gets yeah. fired for doing a, a horrible thing. Yeah, it's like I would say as well. Like Alonzo Harris's character is he's almost like he's he's almost part of the he's part well he's definitely part of the problem, but he's almost like a gang. He's part of a gang yeah. as well, you know. But his gang just happens rather than they want to be like the wealthiest gang in the town or the city they want to be they want to be like the they want to their their currency's law and order or just law yeah. <laughs> you know the perception of law and order if that makes do you know do you know, I think do you know so, what I'm yeah. it's like they're one gang inside this metropolitan area that has a different agenda to the rest of the gangs so what would you say Alonso is motivated by is he motivated by money? Because obviously he takes some of that money 
he's clearly taken some of the money for himself and then he's going to use some of the money to to um, to pay off the Russians but at the same time if he takes like 250 grand what how, what can he spend it on do you know what I mean he's going to look really five sons <laughs> well yeah I mean that must be what he's doing he must be giving money to other people to hide away from him or to for them to have it I suspect that he's got gen, generally good motives. He's he's not um, he's you know it's not like he's trying to pay for the cancer treatments of an elderly relative or something like that. He probably is motivated by a bit of money and being the big dog. But yeah, he's got five sons to two different women. And uh... so, do you think that's maybe a blind spot in the film that you don't really know what uh, Alonso's motivation is? Yeah, I mean, there's a bit where he's taking uh, some stuff. You know what? When he's, he's taking Jake, you do, yeah. He 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 wants to do well by his family and get one of those big houses like the the other detectives yeah. have. He but wants when to get he's promotion, doesn't he? Exactly. When when he's taking Jake to the um, Latino guy's house, I don't really know how best mm. to describe them. He's got like a bunch uh, of stuff, and he says, oh, "I got you know food and all kinds of things." Believe it or not, I want to do some good for my community. But then when he gets there, it's a it's a ruse to get Jake killed <laughs> by a bunch of Latino gangsters. Yeah. So Christ knows what his motivations are. He's a, he's a is a hidden one criticism I might have of this film is if Jake was selected by Alonzo to to be the fall guy for the death of um, Roger. Roger why go through all the trouble of like training him that day why put on the pretense of you know telling him oh you need to learn Spanish you need to you know that if you don't know it that you'll get killed out here you know forget all that stuff There's, he could just be like come on we're going to do this we've got to do that and when I mentioned this to somebody yeah. and again I mentioned I was talking to this film they said well he needs to get him on side when they exactly. go to Rogers and that, it's it's and, a thing called um, gradual commitment, a foot in the door technique. You know, if you right. there's the there's the Milgram electric shock experiment, which you'll be familiar Lovely. with, where where yeah. people have to they're told to electrocute a stranger uh, for uh, four hundred and fifty volts because they got some questions wrong on a quiz, and they start at fifteen volts, which is not much, and they go up in fifteen volt stages. If you ask them to shock him at 450 foot, they're going to say no, but because they did it in stages, even though he feigns a heart attack, it's actually an actor, at about 300 volts, they still got 65% of people to go all the way to 450, so I think that's what it is. You know, he's he's easing him in, he's making him understand the streets and all that. I think it's just that he needs to get him on side to be able to use yeah. him for that day. He's got to welcome him to the, to the moral grey area, but he also probably needs a guy who's unimpeachable in his reputation and he's a boy scout type you know i just don't get then again why don't why doesn't he just kill him at the the scene of the crime why doesn't he just go oh they got they shot uh yeah, one guy and they killed the other that would make a lot more sense i think there's no like alonzo goes out of his way to keep him alive when he pulls the shotgun on alonzo i think quite possibly he's he's sold on the fact that maybe he could be he could be good for them but you're right uh, but i th- yeah, because you know it must be hard recruiting people who've got the skills and the mentality to be a part of that moral grey area of crooked whatever wolf wolfery. Uh, mm. So you know maybe he's maybe he's hoping he'll be an asset in the yeah. future. Right, good, good point though. Good point. Here's a question for you: What was your favourite scene in this film? I think my favourite scene. There's some great, some great scenes, great set pieces, and so on. Um, but the really, the one that really hit home for me was when, when they stopped the, the tramp guys. I don't know how best to, the rapist men. 
Yeah, um, from, yeah that's right from, from attacking for the girl what i really liked about it was we got a great insight into jake who's you know a boy scout but also tough really tough mm. which is great because you need you needed some redeeming qualities and you need to like your i suppose main character you also got to see alonzo in his moral ambiguity that you you kind of respect because you kind of go yeah you could send these guys back into the system or you could say yeah he, they're going to get fucked up by the girl's family and mm. and and also humiliate them in the moment and kick them kick them down take in a way that yeah in a way that seems like a genuine punishment for them it, rather than back in fact into... it just reminded me back to my point we made just before we started favorite scenes was Alonso doesn't jump in, does he, at that point? What if no, the guy was getting his ass kicked? He was getting absolutely beaten bloody. Then, or he, he needed to go to the hospital or something like that. That would have ruined his plan. <laughs> a little bit. So he's, re- he's it, recruiting him still, though, isn't he? He's still sussing him out, I guess. And, well, he, and, he, and he, didn't have to, he didn't necessarily have to go to Roger that day. I mean, as much as it's good that he's got PCP in his system then, it would be hard to trick him yeah. again. But but yeah, I think he's kicking back and he's, he's, he's sussing him out, really. Now, that was my favourite scene. Enough. That was the one that really first introduced me to, to how great this film was going to be. How yeah. about yourself? Um, I think oh, it's hard because for me there's like three really good bits in this film. And I really, I really like the, the scene in the... Um, at Rogers when they've shot Roger yeah. and he pulls the shotgun on him and he's like no 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 he's got the sight <laughs> you know he's got like <laughs> the, the, he's got the uh, the special the special superpower for seeing crime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah I really like I really like that scene um, when that because the tension at that moment is is quite high I, although the tension's high but you almost feel like he's not going anything bad's going to happen to him at that point so I was I was kind of like, well, yeah, nothing's nothing bad's going to happen here. And then, I don't I know what you mean. Yeah, it would be too early to kill the protagonist. Them, yeah, and then the other scene I like is the the end scene when they're outside in in the uh, cul-de-sac and he's like, right, who's gonna you know pay somebody to pop this guy? And they're all like, now nah, we you know you do your own dirty work. And he puts the gun on the ground. And then he's giving his little speech and all that, and I think that's a really, that's really good. And then the other bit, and I, I, I can't choose between them, you see. And the other bit I really like is um, the scene where he's explaining to him, you know, like you said, that bit where he's on about, you know, you need wolves to catch wolves, and he's, and he's like, oh, let the animals sort the animals out, and he's like, God willing, yeah, you know, that's yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, you would be that jaded good? though, wouldn't you? Like working in that sort of environment for that many years. Yeah, and those drug gangs in South California aren't exactly known for their for their uh, niceness, are they? <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of pacifists, all of them. Yeah, but that brings me on to the point. So I said, I mentioned it earlier, and I was saying that there's no real there's no real moral message in this film, and the only one that I could d- divine or disseminate is the difference maybe between Jake's character and Alonzo's character on. Na- the nature of justice so like you said for your favourite scene he's quite happy to h- humiliate her take the money rob him and you know uh, take the take the drugs and he's like that's street justice mm-hmm. you know, I'm ha- I, I yeah. don't mind like Alonzo's very much I, like, I don't yeah justice is justice whether it comes on the street or you know through the prison system or whatever um, where Jake's even though he's a bit more bright eyed bushy tailed he's a bit more like no we've got he's kind of advocating for the system and you know trust the system he's like we need to take these guys downtown and 
you know, but Alonso's kind of also saying, oh, they, you know, I love that line, they build jails because of me. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, you know, if you've been doing this job for 10 years, you would know that you can, you can do all the right things and send them to the right place, put them in the system, and then it doesn't work because you see them again. Or it just doesn't reform them, doesn't fix anything. It would, it would jade the hell out of you. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it comes maybe down to your personal individual ideologies, really, because there would be those who watch this film and go, yeah, Alonso's right. You know, the, yeah. I think they're the people who are very much, yeah, Thanos was right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Venn diagram there that's a circle, isn't there? There is, isn't there, yeah. Um, and I think the film tries to lean towards and go, ultimately, Jake's right, because the manner in which Alonso conducts his business is ultimately murderous and mm, yeah. you know, it's quite personal and he's like oh you just shot that guy and he's like what you think we were friends because he knew my first name <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. he was, yeah, and yeah. he's trying to be like oh I was playing him and it was like were you were you playing him really or was it just that he well he said he's, I'm cashing in my account my, my, you know my first one that's the you yeah. know he's been he's been having he's got that in the vault I'm, t- I'm sceptical on that though and I think maybe Roger was just a convenience for him to use to get out of the tricky situation he was in with the Russians. I would have thought that, but when he, when uh, Alonso was speaking to those other more wizened detectives in that place <laughs> that he took, Jake, he did say, "I'm going to use one. Of, I'm going to use one of my old ones, my first yeah, one, cash in an account." That, to be fair, so I, I do think it feels like a long. I, I do believe him when he says it's a long. Maybe game. that's their. That could be their mo, couldn't it? Those like police guys, they could. That's why they've all got those houses that Jake uh, that Jake wants. Yeah. Um, right. So, so we've cleared up that moral ambiguity of justice. <laughs> fix that. Fix well, that I, problem. I think one thing about the film is, although it wants you to sympathise with Jake, it's, it never leans one way or the other because you do because Jake ultimately chooses to take the money and mm. downtown as evidence, and he knows that he's condemning uh, Alonso to being murdered by the Russians. So, in a way, he's. He's almost tant, you know. He's it's tantamount to agreeing with Alonso on the street justice. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I, I do guess that. I mean, he he doesn't he doesn't um, kind of hand him in, does he? Which he could have done and got him out of the system. Yeah. You know, got him into the prison. Yeah, why doesn't he arrest him? Yeah. yeah. He just lets it happen. And you could say, well, it's poetic justice as well. Yeah, I mean, it, this is the point with like a new you know a new um, fresh fish type that maybe that's character development that he's kind of learned be, from Alonso in order to to use it on Alonso yeah yeah you could say that but yeah it seems a bit a bit cold doesn't he he's like oh this is evidence and then it's like well arrest him then yeah he's outnumbered <laughs> to be what, fair what, what is your crime yeah, yeah. Well, those people there didn't seem too bothered did they no they true that's probably true. quite happy for him to get arrested so what was your favourite line of this film there's lots of great ones to choose from but there's lots there's lots I think uh, ideally actually this one fits what we were, basically what we were just saying the one that really I just liked the I liked the the sort of I don't know the, the, the way it was phrased which was when Alonso's explaining you know him uh, shooting Roger and it was all a big plan he says this shit's chess not checkers yeah that's, I don't, that's I don't know why it just, it's just that, really that nice was... I, like, I like the phrasing of it 
That was my favourite line as well, yeah. Really? Really? That's yeah. surprising. And it, it, But it sums up the film. I mean, I really liked um, King Kong Ain't Got Shit On Me. That is a really... I can see why that was the line. That, that was the only thing I knew about this film, really, other than I think he's a, like a crooked cop and he says, King Kong Ain't Got Shit On Me King before Kong seeing this. Yeah. Which is just a great it's line. A, it's a random thing to say, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Yeah, you know yeah. King Kong's got to do with it. So, I will, <laughs> so, if, so since... Um, since you had that, you took uh, this shit. Ain't, this shit's chess. It ain't checkers. I also quite like the. Uh, it gets mentioned quite a few times. Do you want to go to jail or do you want to go home? And they say it like three times, <laughs> and then yeah. and then Ethan Hawke's character says it as well. It's uh, it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good line. But there's lots of good it lines is. in this film. There are. It's, it's very well written film. It's jam packed full of them, isn't it? Sam's jammers. Sam jam-packed with it. <laughs> um, right, Sam, I think what we're going to do is we're going to have a little break. After that, we're going to come back with the... We're going to come back with the rating, do the critics, and we're going to have a little quiz. What do you think to that? Uh, my breath is baited. I got it right this time. Fantastic. Yeah. Duly. All right. Ta-ra. See you in a bit. See you after the break. So, Sam, you've got an option. Would you like to give your rating first, or would you like the critics first? Well, I know my rating, so I'm more interested to hear the critics, I'll be okay, honest. Okay, that's fair enough. So, this one's, so this one's from the old, old faithful himself, Roger Ebert. Oh, says, so, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a little while since we had an Ebert, no, uh, Ebert review. Yeah. yeah, so he says, For Denzel Washington, Training Day is a rare villainous role. He doesn't look, sound or move like his usual likeable characters. And certainly there's no trace of the football coach from Remember the Titans. By the end, he's like a monster from a horror film, unlike, unkillable and implacable. Ooh, God, I love Roger Ebert. And he goes on to say, For its kinetic energy and acting zeal, I enjoyed the movie. I like it when actors go for broke. Ethan Hawke is well cast as the cop who believes we serve and protect, but has trouble accepting the logic of Alonzo's style of serving and protection. How many stars do you think Old Eves gave it? I would say it's got to be three or three and a half. Um, based on that review, I'll go with a three. He got it spot on, yeah. I mean, there yeah. was no. Re- he didn't really, in the rest of the article, he never really said why he didn't like it or what he didn't, why it's not a four star. But, yeah, um, I mean, most of the reviews I mean, have been positive. When you when you lay it out like that, it does sound quite generic, doesn't it? You have got a maverick cop, and you've got a guy who plays by the rules. Mm. Um, so you can kind of go, it's as good as it could be in that in those framework, you know? Yeah, um, I've got Pete Travers here in Rolling Stone. So this is again another contemporary review. Um, I think this is fourth or fifth appearance on the show as well. Could old Pete. Could be, could be. Pete! <laughs> uh, he says, in the film's second half, Antoine uh, Fuqua lets the action fly off the rail, stretching the long arm of coincidence like silly putty. And what, had, <laughs> <laughs> and what had been tasty, if overcooked dialogue in the David Eyre script bubbles over into rank absurdity. What saves the day is the ace teamwork of Washington and Hawke, who stage a riveting sparring match. Hawk rises splendidly to the challenges of what could have been the dull role of the film's moral centre, but this is Washington's show. His Scarface, if you will, and his smiling, seductive monster is a thrilling creation that gives Training Day all the bite it needs. 
So, you know, it's a, he's happy. Fantastic. He's He's maybe saying it's a bit, you know, incredulous at times, but he's, he's quite he's, happy. He's a little bit... Uh... Yeah, a little bit more balanced. I think he says. Watch. I think he's basically saying that the the two leads kind of elevate the film. It's a weird film in the fact that you've got, even though Ethan Hawke is the titular protagonist, he's not. He's almost like not the main character. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's not the most interesting character by a stretch, and often that's the way. You know, you're supposed to write interesting, flawed protagonists, but actually, that's a bit of a misnomer because you can have a Boy Scout protagonist who's perfectly fine, maybe a bit naive, because we're here for the Thanos, we're here for the villain. You know? Yeah, like, like it's always interesting when you put somebody like that and the world around them's corrupt, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, How exactly. How they deal with it. I think that's a lot of the attraction people have for characters like Superman and and uh, Captain America, aren't they? Because they're, yeah. they're morally whiter than white, but everyone else, well, not everyone around them, but the villains in their lives bend the the morality and what they perceive And they as. test him. He's yeah. the man going up the tree to be thrown, you know, to have rocks thrown at him and uh, comes down changed. So, how many... You like this one? How many oh, you dear. shot me in the ass? Would you give this? Uh, would you give this film? I did agonise over this a bit. You said you know you thought it was a solid seven for me. I, possibly an eight. I think Ooh, I'll go for an eight. Possible eight. Possible eight. I'm going to go for an eight. I think if it was not hard eight. If Denzel Washington was a just a more you know workaday actor and it was and he wasn't a world class actor, it's probably a six or a seven at best. But he just elevates it. What so are you saying? If Cuba Gooding Jr. was doing this film, it wouldn't have been as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably the best example you could have used. Yeah, I think so. And, and I like him as an actor, Cuba Gooding, but he's not he's not Denzel, is he? Yeah. So yeah, I think I think an eight actually. I, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I thought I was going to do. I think it's sort of one of those films that inside this genre of these like toxic masculine characters who don't play by the rules and you know the, <laughs> he's like Denzel's character in this has kind of almost got more in common with like a, you know a dirty harry hasn't he almost you know he's like right. he's quite happy to yeah. kill the kill the bad guy you know rather than beat him up sort of thing it's um yeah i can see where that kind of comes across but i think it's the best example of that genre and like this is like that kind of what is it like urban street culture sort of thing that I'm not overly familiar with myself you know I don't <laughs> think grow up in an overly urban environment but yeah I can you can see when it's done right this is the kind of exciting film you get where it's done yeah. wrong you get Fast and the Furious yeah. <laughs> and I would argue that neither of the, the di- neither the director or the screenwriter have ever quite produced anything as good as this like, agreed yeah I think I this is like just, just right End of Watch is quite good David Ayer directed that if you've ever seen that that's quite I still haven't seen that I know, I know it's really good I like Jake Gyllenhaal and Mike Pena it's, it's similar yeah, I'm to well this up for watching it. it's similar there's, there's definitely you know it's definitely a, like a not a sequel a companion piece yeah you could say that but uh, would you recommend this film to people Sam? I definitely would yeah I definitely would I I think Joe I know you probably haven't seen it but you've got Netflix so uh, watch it (laughs) yeah I mean not now (laughs) obviously but hopefully I'll I'll text you right now to watch it before this comes out this Saturday and uh, yeah while you do that I'm going to ask you some quiz questions alright I I can do that do you think we need a theme for the quiz I think we need like here's a quiz we're gonna have a quiz let's have a quiz here's 
Sam's quiz. Yes. <laughs> I like to brand things. Right, fair enough, sir. Sam's quiz question one. That's it now. It's always going to be Sam's quiz. Even when it's my quiz, it's Sam's quiz. Sorted. I think it's. I think this one's. A, I think this is a little easy this week. I must admit, I Ooh. did struggle to get questions out of this film. So pressure's on. What song, and by what band is playing when um, Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke pull over the teenagers in the car who buy the drugs? Oh shit! Shit! It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old banger from our generation. God, that's going to annoy me now because I definitely know. I definitely know. I, if I watched I, this. If I sung any of it, you know instantly. So I'm not going to even give you a clue. For can this you one. give me the hint of a clue? No, because you'll get it. <laughs> and I want to see if you can remember. Because I thought because it, it kind of dated the film a little bit as well. <laughs> Must have been. So you're 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 the one that edits. You're just going to edit out 20 minutes of me going. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Dear. Uh, I'm I'm not not gonna remember. Can you not remember? Are you sure? So if I said cut my life into pieces, this ah yeah, because it's these white boy new metal types. Yeah, yeah. So it's Uh, last resort by last resort by Papa Roach. Papa Roach. I think that's the only question you're gonna get wrong, quite honestly. Um, (laughs) Because one of them, I was really struggling for question five. So question two on Sam's quiz: What drug is laced into the weed? PCP. Yeah, he wants to get wet, doesn't he? Well, he wants <laughs> yeah. to get him wet. Um, question three. How much money do they find under Roger's kitchen floor? Four million. Take your final answer. I mean, you mentioned five million earlier, but I genuinely thought it was four million and they were cutting a million between them, so I'm going to say four million. No, you're wrong, it's five. Five. Oh, damn it. Uh, you were close. And then... I should always, tr- always, just, always trust you. That's the, that's the lesson there. And then, uh, again, this one's quite... Well, I thought, I thought that one was easy, to be fair, but this one's easier. How much does Alonso owe to the Russians? You said a million, so I'll go with a million. A million, that's correct. And finally, uh, which Brooklyn Nine-Nine star has no lines in this film but makes a <laughs> Well, of course, it's, um, you know... Uh, what's his name? God, oh, if yeah. I could remember Andy name. Samberg's name, or I was <laughs> yeah, trying to just it, yeah, yeah, he's in he's in makeup. <laughs> oh, I was trying to remember Melissa Fumera plays oh, Antonio right, Santiago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's who I meant. Do you want to give me the actual no? answer? Andre Brower plays Do, Captain Hall. I mean, I've got things to do tonight. <laughs> Teddy Cruz, Teddy Cruz. Yes, that's correct. Well done. Um, so you got. You got three out of five, solid, solid. Shit, I think yeah. terrible performance. I'm really sorry about that. Well, I gave I've you the l- I've let my fans your, down. I, I gave you the option to change your mind on question three, but you went with it, didn't you? You were you were too nice. So that was Sam's quiz. This is the tune to do, Sam's do, quiz. Do, 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 do Sam's jam quiz. Do, do. Sam's jam quiz. <laughs> Which is your favourite <laughs> jam? Um, Rightio. So moving on, Sam. What film are we going to watch next week? Well, we haven't discussed this, but yeah, I am going no. to tell you this time rather oh, than giving you a, cho- a choice. It's going to be Good Time. Good Time. Hugh, what do you know about Good Time? I've never even heard of it. <laughs> I'm telling you, bugger all about it. Yeah, I'm going to have to Google it now after we've... Uh, so it's on Netflix. It was recommended by Ben. Right. Our Pats is in it. Right, okay. 
Uh, I so yeah. Pass. I'll have to check out MDB after we. Uh... No, don't do that. What you need I, to do I is need watch to find the film. It. <laughs> yeah, not on MDB. So watch the watch the film. This yeah. is your perfect opportunity to watch a film with absolutely no knowledge beforehand right. of what goes into it. So true. Please embrace that because that's the best way to watch so any sort of film. Good time. Yeah. Good time. What year is it from? Twenty eighteen. It's very very recent. Safety Brothers film. Who's, who's in it? Our Pats. Our Bats. Robot Battinson. Yeah, Robot Batting Bat. <laughs> is it him who's in it? And the, so the Safety Brothers made it. It co starring is, I forget which one, one of the Safety Brothers. They did Uncut Gems. Right, okay. Fair enough. Well, I look forward to watching a film I've never even seen. There you go. There you go. Well, that's the, that's the plan. That is the plan. That, that is the premise of this show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Hugh, my question for you is, okay. if they want to get in touch with us and, and uh, tell us where Good Time ranks in the Safdie Brothers filmography or something, or tell us their shoe size or whatever, how could they do that? Um, well, what they need to do is they need to join the LA Police Department. They of course. need to then do some about a year's worth of work there. And then they need to get <laughs> sequestered, or they need to tr- request to work on the narcotics team. And right, then, so 19 months as a pig, get onto the narcs. Yeah, get get yourself working in the, uh, the, the, the the hard side of things. And then maybe one day while you're doing that, if you come across like a laptop or something, you can maybe send us <laughs> an email at uh, pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Good, you got the actual email address in as well. That is, what a professional. It always, it always helps, doesn't it? To, if you're going to tell them where to email us, yeah, I've, I've noticed that. Um, yes, Sam. Um, if they don't want to go through all that rigmarole, and they just want to, oh, get, why would they? They've got the phone to hand. How can they? How can they get in touch with us? We're basically on three social media sites. We're always at Please Watch Pod. It's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're yeah. using Instagram ever a bit more every day slash month, and uh, Twitter we're <laughs> most active on. So that's where you're best uh, getting in touch with us. We should set up a TikTok. I don't know why we would want to do that, but I think it'd be fun. I just. I'm not very good at doing weird dances where I'm pointing. It'd just be us so. pointing at the Netflix <laughs> tile. It's the only way to do it. it is. So yeah, listener, we've we've had a great time talking at you, and we look forward to talking at you again next week. I yeah. love you. He is very fond of you. I am incredibly fond. Um, we've not. We didn't have an existential crisis this week. That was good. Not a single one. Uh, <laughs> Tune in next week because we will. So yeah, we'll definitely be having another one of those. So yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye.